0: Welcome to the Anchored Hope Podcast. We're so glad that you decided to join us today. Today's series, The Not Commandments, Part 4, Worry Not, featuring Michael Davis. Well, we are in uh, our next part of our series called The Not Commandments. And if you're, you're just catching up, if you're just joining us, uh, I want to let you know a little bit of what we talked about. So, you know, we all kind of know most of the story, you know, God sends his son, Jesus Christ, to the earth. And we just celebrated that at Christmas. And then Jesus came and he grew up to be about the age of 30 or 31 and began his ministry His ministry lasted about three years and, you know, he he spent time with these apostles and the disciples and he he really came to replace the old and to give us this new, almost a, a completely new religion. And, you know, the old was so based off of a temple system, a sacrifice system to be atoned for your sins. There were 613 commands that were given to Moses and that were taught to the Jewish Jewish individuals who followed God. And so Jesus came and he kind of replaces all of that. He goes, there's not going to be a sacrificial system any longer. There's going to be one final sacrifice. And the temple system, well, that temple, it's not even going to last. In about 40 years, it's going to be torn down. So don't get all worried about that because that's going to go away as well. And then the 613 commands, he said, I'm going to give you a new command. It's very simple. It's kind of like a coin. There's two sides to it. Love each other and love God. And how do you know how to love each other? Love each other in the way that you have seen me love you. And they didn't really understand all that. I mean, there was a lot thrown at them. This was all very, very new to any Jew you know, who had grown up learning about the Torah and the 613 commands, who, who grew up every week going up to the temple to be atoned for their sins and being taught how to lay a sacrifice on the altar. I mean, this was all very, very new. But with this new came a new understanding when Jesus died on the cross for our sins. And right then and there, I mean, if that was just it, Jesus would have been just a, another guy in history that had some really good philosophy, that had some very inspiring teachings, and that would have been it. Because after Jesus died, everybody went home. Everybody walked away. Everybody gave up. Everybody was mourning and just went home. Game over. That was it. But then just as Jesus had predicted, three days later, he rose again. and He was resurrected. And then that changed Everything. Because I'm telling you, if you ever meet somebody who can't be killed, be friends with that person. Okay? Like, if you ever meet somebody who can predict their own death and resurrection, and it's true, be friends with that individual. Believe in that individual. Put your faith in that individual. Follow that individual. And that's exactly what the disciples did. They said, this guy can't be killed. When he is going to be killed, he sees it coming I think this is somebody we should follow. I think this is somebody we should believe in, somebody we should put our faith in. And that's exactly what they did. And when Jesus was resurrected, he spent a little bit of time with the boys and the girls. And he hung out with them. And he told them, he said, here's what I want you to do before I ascend into heaven. Number one, I'm coming back. But before I ascend to heaven, there's something I want you to do while I'm away. I want you to teach everyone what I have taught you. And so that's exactly what they did. You know, the disciples, they went out and they taught people what Jesus had taught them and they didn't teach the 613 commands they didn't teach the torah they didn't teach the old covenant because the new gentiles that weren't jewish that was jewish history that was the jewish book and so they 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 didn't and they didn't have the new testament you know the gospels hadn't been written yet paul wasn't even a christian yet for about 20 years and all these things wouldn't be circulated for quite some time not to mention when even a printing press would be invented and these things could be circulated and copied and stuff so the new testament didn't exist for a very very long time so all they had to go off of is what jesus taught jesus's teachings the stories that the disciples and the apostles had memorized and seen with their own eyes and that's what they shared and one of the things they remembered best were the not commandments that jesus gave The things that Jesus said not to do. And so that's what we've been talking about in this series. And the apostles, they said, man, if Jesus is who he says he is, and we know he is now because of what we've seen him do, then these are things that we should try to believe as well. These are things we should do as well. He gave these not commandments things like fear not, doubt not, sin not. And today's not commandment is probably the most unrealistic of all of them. Okay? and then I'm going to give it to you right now. This is worry not. Now, I'm glad the lights are dimmed because I can't see your eye rolls and if you're watching, you know, online, you're probably went, "Pa, you know, worry not, right? Worry not. I mean, I don't know if you're like me, but when I have somebody tell me, "Worry not," I go, "Okay, well now I'm worried about being worried," right? Whereas my mom used to say, I remember my mom, because I was I was a worrier, she would say, Stop being such a worry wart," which is just such a nasty thing to say, right? I mean that's just a bad thing to call somebody. But she said, Stop being such a, a worry wart. But I mean we've all dealt with worry, right? I mean, even when somebody tells us not to worry, we worry about worrying. We worry about how much we are worrying. It's a very unrealistic thing to do. So how in the world do we stop worrying? Well, Jesus talked about this in probably his most famous message, a message that we believe he preached probably many times, but it's known to a lot of us as the Sermon on the Mount. And it's one of the most longest recorded sermons. I mean, there's so many details that that Matthew wrote down because he, he was there. But in Matthew, in this sermon, we see Jesus talk about worry. And this is what he says. Jesus says, Therefore I tell you, do not worry. Okay, so let's pray, and we'll beat the Baptists to our favorite restaurant, okay? Uh, just don't do it, all right? No, that's not it, right? But Jesus said, do not worry. Now, Jesus goes on, and he talks about worry. And as he goes on, this is what we're going to break down today. He, he, he talks about the, he really brings questions to our mind. He's like a great counselor. Like, he really is the almighty counselor. Because he really starts to break down these questions that make us rethink about if worry is really the best thing for us. And I'm going to kind of summarize what he talks about at the beginning, and then we're going to break it down. But he asks these questions about worry. And these are some of the questions that he asks. He says, hey, who of you by worrying can add a single hour to anyone's life? Has worrying ever added an hour to your day, an hour to your life? And then he goes on. He says, um, who of you by worrying has probably taken an hour off of your life? Amen, Right? Yeah, worry has actually made me lose time, right? And then he goes on. He says, who of you by worrying is driving people in your life out of their minds? All the spouses said, amen, right? Yeah. You're driving people crazy when you worry, aren't you? You know this to be true. And then he goes on. He says, who of you by worrying has upgraded their wardrobe or replaced their grocery bill? None of us, right? None of us at all. And then... The last question, who of you by worrying has added value to what you value most? So he he talks about these questions in this message. And he goes, "Let's, let's think about worry for a minute. This thing that you choose to do. And he says, look, you know, you know this. You know these things about worry. You know it's never added an hour to your day. You know that it is taken away from your day. You know you're driving people crazy. You know you've never benefited from it. You know it's never added value to your life. So he says to us, Worry not. Now, you've maybe heard some messages before that ended with it there. Hey, don't worry. Bam. God says not to. Bam. But here's the thing. The question that all of us wonder is how in this world it could even be possible. How is it that we could come to a place in our lives where we no longer worry about life? And that's what we're going to talk about today. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, if you don't believe in God, man, this right here, to me, this could be the reason alone why being a Christian might be something you want to investigate. This right here, if you've left the faith, if you've left the church, this right here could be the reason alone that you come back to the faith because of how powerful and practical that this truly is. So this is what we're going to get into. And so I want to tell you the rest of the verse. Jesus, this is what he said and what Matthew wrote down. Therefore, I tell you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, what you will drink, or about your body, or what you will wear. Now, at the very beginning, right when Jesus starts to talk about worry, he gets to the heart of the matter, right? And this is something, again, if you think about it, you all know this. You just maybe not have ever put it into words like this. But he gets right to the heart of the matter. What is worry really about? Worry is really about tomorrow, right? You're worrying about the future. You're worrying about what tomorrow Will bring. You're going and you're going into tomorrow and you're taking tomorrow's troubles, things that haven't even happened yet, things you don't even know if they're gonna happen or not, and you're pulling them from the future into today. And you're going, I'm not gonna wait till tomorrow to worry about that. I'm not gonna wait till tomorrow to deal with that. I'm gonna take tomorrow's troubles and pull them in today and I'm gonna try to solve them now before they even happen, even though some of the things I'm worried about. Won't even happen. They're just in my head. That can drive a person emotionally crazy, can't it? That can really, really mess with us. And Jesus goes, that's exactly what you're doing. You're taking tomorrow's troubles and you're bringing them into the day. Now, Jesus was talking to a crowd, right? And so he's he's talking practically to them and he's talking to the things that that they worry about. They're worried about what they're going to drink, what they're going to eat, and what they're, what, if they're going to be able to even have clothes for the next day that are going to be clean. These were the worries of, of the people uh, of that time. Now today, if Jesus was preaching to us today, he would completely change that list, right? Because those aren't our troubles at all. I mean, today, we don't worry about these things. As a matter of fact, Stuart started a debate this week about what bottled water was the best tasting bottled water, all right? I mean, we're debating how, the tastiest water. That's where we are today, Right? And, I mean, nobody's worried about clothes, all right? I'm glad nobody nobody came to church naked, you know? There may be some people watching online, but whatever your preference may be. Um, None of you are worried about where you're going to eat, right? I mean, everybody's planning on, you know, going to their favorite restaurant after church. And, you know, you all look a little too well-fed at times. And, uh, I mean, so everybody's doing okay. So those aren't the worries. But think about this for just a minute. I mean, if the people who are in Jesus' audience... We're with us today, they'd go, wow, you guys have all these clothes. You guys have so many clothes. You even clean out your closets and give clothes away. You guys have bottled water. That's incredible. And you guys, you look so well fed. My gosh, what have you been eating? Donuts before church? And, I mean, they would go, you guys must not worry about anything. And we'd go, oh, no. Oh, no. We do. We worry about our jobs. We worry about the government. We worry about COVID. They're like, what's COVID? They're like, oh, run, run and hide, right? We, we, worry, about, we worry about our kids. We worry about our kids having kids. We worry about getting married. We worry about getting remarried. We worry about our, our, our married, married friends. I mean, we worry about a lot of stuff. And so if Jesus were speaking to us today, he would add those things into his message. And he would talk to us about those things. And Jesus then, he says this. He says, is not life more than food and the body more than clothes? You're worried about tomorrow. You're worried about the future. You're worried about whatever it is, fill in the blank. And Jesus would say to us, is not life more than the things that you worry about? Isn't it true that your life is more than what you worry about? Think about it for just a minute. Isn't life bigger than what you worry about? When you worry about something, you are equating your life to the thing that you're worried about. You realize that, right? I mean, for you to go into the future, for you to go into tomorrow and try to solve that problem, and for you to worry so much that it gets you to the point that you're stressed out, that you're emotionally drained, what you are doing or you are equating that thing you're worried about with life. As in, your, your, the value of your life is summed up in this thing that you're worried about. Now think for just a minute how insane that is. Think about for a minute how crazy that is. For you to think that your entire life is wrapped up, is summed up in that thing that you're worried about. I mean, that's crazy, I mean, we're worried about all kinds of things. I mentioned just a list of things, but I mean, I want you to think about the insanity of it for just a minute. I want you to think about it's at the end of your life, right? And you're so worried about being married or getting remarried. And you're like, I've got to get married. I've got to get remarried. I've got to find a relationship. I've got to do this thing. Imagine if at the end of your life you died. And I did your funeral because everybody, I'm doing all your funerals, by the way. If you're here today, it's, just, it's a guarantee. You signed a contract when you walked in. but I, you know. So let's say I come to your funeral. And I go, well, you know, here we are celebrating Bob's life today. And, uh, you know, he lived a good life, but it's not like he was married or anything. So, eh, you know, I mean, think about that. What if I did that at your funeral? And I was like, it was okay, you know. I mean, are we, you know, we worry about, we worry, and it's a good thing to, you know, to, to be, to, 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 to show concern for your health, but to some of us, we over-worry, we worry about our health, or we worry about our physical appearance. What if I showed up at your wedding and said, well, here we are Sarah, uh, celebrating, I'm trying to make up names, so I don't want to offend anybody. Uh, we, uh, uh, Bethany, there's no Bethany's here, okay, here we go. Uh, you know, uh, here we are at Bethany's funeral today, and you know, she lived a great life, she was a good... Good person and a great mom, but uh, it's not like she had a six-pack. So I mean, can we really say that much about her? You know, because she's a—you know—things could have been a little tighter, couldn't they? I mean, you know, it, it could have. You know, again, Bethany, if you're watching, I'm so sorry. I don't know, you know. But we do, we worry about that, right? I mean, we or what if we, you know, we got to the end of our life and we were just, we were so wrapped up or we were so worried, you know, about our finances, about our money, about what we own. What if we got to the end of your life and I stood up there and we said, well, you know, they had a great life and it was so good. But, I mean, they only had a three-bedroom home, so how good could it have really been, you know? I mean, they probably spent so much of their life crammed together. And they only had two vehicles. And only one truck. No boat. You know? I mean, that's exactly the insanity that you're putting yourself in. You're so worried about attaining, about being, about having. When you worry, you are equating the sum of your life with that thing you're worried about. And Jesus is saying, hey, isn't it true that your life is more than what you're worried about. Isn't it true that if what you're worried about happens or doesn't happen, that it doesn't take away from the value of your life? So, we would say, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, i all agree with that. And Jesus goes, okay, well, then I got you hooked. Here, come with me. So he goes on. And Jesus says next, he says, so look at the birds of the air. Now, you may just have read this before and overlooked it, but I mean, I just, I marveled at this for a minute. I had to stop, and I, I went down a whole rabbit hole with this idea for a minute. And I could preach on this alone for an hour, but I won't. But Jesus stops, and he says, Look at the look at the birds of the air. And this is so important because what Jesus is saying in this simple statement is that you know what so many times when we are worried we need to take a time out and take account of our life. Some of you, some of us, all of us, we lose perspective when we are worried. And I'll be honest with you as your pastor, sometimes when people come up to me and they tell me what they are so worried about, I'm like, "Dude, The predicament that you're in, the thing that you're worried about, I could name you 20 people who would love to be in your shoes and worry about the thing you're worried about. Amen? Some of you who are worried about your kids, I know people who are praying to God that they could just have or adopt kids. Some of you who are worried about your job that makes you enough money to be able to afford the things you do, I know people who would love to have the job that you have to be able to afford the things you have. Jesus goes, you need to hit the pause button on your worry and just stop for a minute. Look at things. Take into account. Get some perspective for a minute. Now the crowd then, I mean, Jesus is outside. He's on the Sermon on the Mount, so he's outside. And he's like, everybody just stop and look at the birds. Think about how weird that would be, right? <laughs> You're just sitting out there and like, Jesus like, all right, everybody look at the birds. And everybody's like, I can't find any shoot, you know, uh, uh, you know, so so they're looking for birds, right? They're looking up in the sky. And then Jesus goes on and he says, he says this, they do not sow or reap or store away in barns. And yet your heavenly father feeds them. Are you not much more valuable than they? Now, Jesus hits on a great important note when we're talking about worry in no way, shape or form Is Jesus being a hippie in this situation and going, man, just don't worry about it. You know, it's all good. It's all going to work out, right? If you've got that test tomorrow, teenagers, if you've got that exam coming up, if you've got a bill that's due, if you're worried about something, Jesus isn't saying like, ah, it's going to be all good. Don't worry. Don't even study. You know, you don't need to take care of yourself or anything. Like, it's going to be fine. That's not what he's saying at all. He's saying, I want you to understand the advantage you have. So the birds of the sky... They can't sow, they can't reap, they can't store things up. They're stupid, okay? And God takes care of them. But here's the awesome advantage that you have. You're not stupid. You can sow, you can reap, you can store. You know what he's saying? He goes, here's the thing. You have this huge advantage that no other thing has in nature. You can plan. You can look ahead in the future. You can navigate, you can investigate, you can forecast. You have this huge advantage in life. You can prepare for bad times. You can prepare and you can store and you can save. Do you know how big of an advantage you have over the rest of the earth? And so if God takes care of all the stupid animals and they're doing fine and they're surviving and their existence is still continuing, think of how much more of an advantage that you have. Think of how much more God loves you and has a plan for you. Think about for just a minute how God created you in his image and has given you these gifts and abilities. Think about how good you've got it. Think about how, 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 how well you are prepared for the future. You have this huge advantage over everything else that God ever created. So take, take heart. Be, be excited. Be prepared. You, you've got this. You know what you need to do. And you have this advantage of preparing for tomorrow. And then he goes on. And he says, can any one of you by worrying at a single hour to your life? I mean, let's think about it. Can anyone add to their life? I mean, Jesus is getting to the heart of the most valuable commodity that we have. Time. He's saying, look at how much time that you have. Can worrying add time to your life? And all of us know the answer to the question. No, actually, it's, it's taken away my time. It's ruined my time, actually. How many of us know this or have experienced this that you've you've had an evening at home and you've got two hours with your family you come home from work and between bedtime and between when you come home you've got two hours with your family and how do you spend those two hours with your family you worry about tomorrow you're so worried that you're preoccupied you're on your phone you're, you're answering things. You're answering things that can be answered tomorrow. You're looking at things that aren't happening today, they're happening tomorrow. And you ruin your time with your spouse. You ruin your time with your kids. That valuable time that you have today, that valuable gift that God has given you to be with these people that he's blessed you with, to be with these people that you love, you ruin it by going into tomorrow and by worrying about what's there. We've lost time with our family. We've lost time with our friends. We've lost time with God. How many of us, we've been in our devotions, or we've been trying to pray, or we've been thinking on God, and all of a sudden, in the midst of it, our ADD kicks in, and we start worrying about tomorrow, and we let worry take over what God is trying to say to us today. And we've ruined that time with God. Jesus is saying, how many of you have added time to your life by worrying? And everybody can answer that. None of us. We've only lost time. And he goes, okay, well, that's a problem. And then he goes back to clothes. And he says, and why do you worry about clothes? See how the flowers of the field grow? They do not labor or spend. And then he goes on and he talks about Solomon, something that the Jewish audience that was sitting there would have known a lot about. Yet I tell you that not even Solomon in all of his splendor was dressed like one of these If that is how God clothes the grass of the field which is here today and tomorrow is thrown into the fire, will he not much more clothe you? Jesus is saying, look, you're worried about tomorrow. You're worried about all these things. But God has got you. And he gets to the real matter of the problem, the real question that we all are wrestling with when we worry. And the question is... is, Do you trust that God will take care of you? Do you believe that you are more valuable to God than the birds, than the flowers, than the grass? Do you believe that God is already in the future preparing what you're going to struggle with, preparing what you need? Do you believe that God is already there planning for your good? Do you believe that? And then he, he says something to him, and there's a, an awesome play on words when he says it. He says to them, You of little faith. Now, when Matthew wrote this down, he had to capture exactly what happened because if we were there in person, we wouldn't read it how we normally read it. Jesus did something that incited something in the crowd that probably made them giggle a little bit. And so Matthew was trying to figure out exactly how to say this so we would understand what happened and the emotions that happened in that moment. And so he takes two Greek words that are not anywhere else in the Bible and he puts them together. And the two Greek words are this. I can't pronounce them because I didn't take Greek college when i went to minister school they said that my uh spanish in high school counted for my extracurricular language and so i never took greek so i just have to google it now i'm not even gonna try so anyway he takes these two greek words and he slams them together and they're not anywhere else in the bible but if we actually translated how they were this is more what jesus said he said you little faithers you he said what are you worried about Look at the birds of the sky. Look at the flowers and look at the grass. I mean, look at how God values them and how God takes care of them. I mean, come on. Do you not believe that God cares for you? I mean, he created you in his image. He is so in love with you. You are so important to him. Come on, you little faithers, you. And everyone would have giggled like you just did. Good job. You little faithers, you. He said, come on, guys. He probably had a big smile on his face. Come on, you little faithers, you. You know better than that. You know how much God loves you. You know how much he cares for you. God loves you. And he was poking at them. And he was getting to the real problem at heart when it comes to worry. And the problem is trust. He's saying, don't you trust God? Don't you trust that God is in the future? Don't you trust That God is for you and not against you? Come on, guys. Don't we believe that? And then he goes on and he says, So do not worry. Saying, what shall we eat? Or what shall we drink? Or what shall we wear? He goes, man, don't worry about those things. Those Those are things that we don't need to worry about. And he goes on after that. And he talks about them being pagan things. He says, for the pagans run after these things. Now, when he says pagans, he's not talking about the bad people. That pagan word in Greek just means everybody else. He says, you know everybody else. The world is what he's talking about. He goes, you know the world runs after those things. You know that's the world's way of solving their problems is they worry about tomorrow. They stress about tomorrow. They're always looking to the future and thinking about things that haven't even happened yet. He goes, that's what the world does. And your heavenly Father, He knows. He knows what you need. He knows what you need. Do you believe in your heart? And this is like 90% of it. This is 90% of the battle when it comes to worry. Do you believe and do you know that God knows what you need? And that He is already in the future. Working things out for your good. Planning and preparing and help you helping you plan and prepare what you need in the future. I mean, just think for a minute. if you're When you're up in bed at night and you're stressing and you're worried and you're just worrying about tomorrow and you're going through all of this, you're putting yourself through this emotional wreck, think for just a minute if God just came down and He whispered in your ear, I know. Think how much peace that would bring you. If he just came to you and said, I know, and I'm working on it, would you stop and go to sleep? Put your phone down. Get off of WebMD. You don't have COVID. You just have a headache, you idiot. (laughs) Sorry, that's what God said to me this week. (laughs) Stop. Worry not. I've got you. I'm already where you are worrying so that you don't need to be there. So stop and quit. Your heavenly Father knows exactly what you need. And so then he he gives an alternative. And he says, so let's let's do this instead. But seek first. And that Greek word there for seek first, it's the same Greek word where he talks about the pagans run after. And that's exactly what that word means. To seek first means to run after. So what he's about to say is he goes, there's two ways of dealing with this. The pagans, the world... They run after solutions. They go into the future and they pull tomorrow's problems into today, trying to solve them before they've even happened. That's what the world does. But as a follower of Christ, this is what I want you to do. I want you to run after the kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be given to you as well. He goes, let's talk about what's in your control. Here's what's in your control Today, and what God is trying to do today. The kingdom work that God is trying to do. Your relationship with God is what you can worry about today. And in the end game of things is what is most important. So here's what I want you to do. When you are worried, run after what God is trying to do today. Run after your relationship with God. Jesus' answer is this is that when you are tempted to bring tomorrow's problems into today, look for a way to participate in what God is doing today. Worry about what you can really worry about and what God wants to do with you today. How many times do we miss what God wants to do in us and through us because we're worrying about tomorrow's problems? He's going, don't do that. Seek first, run after the kingdom of God. So when you're up at night or you're driving in the car or you're on your phone and you're tempted to go into tomorrow and try to bring those problems into today, participate in what God is trying to do. And he goes on and he says to the crowd, he says, therefore, do not worry about, and just whatever you're worried about, I want you to fill in this blank. He goes, therefore, do not worry about whatever it is you're worried about, And he relabels it. He goes, therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. Because that's what we do when we worry. We're worried about tomorrow. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow. And then he goes on. And he says, for tomorrow will worry about itself. And this is so good. This is is awesome. You know this to be true. Each day has enough trouble on its own. Amen. Jesus goes, look, why are you so worried about tomorrow? Isn't today bad enough? (laughs) I mean, today's been a little been a little bad already, right? We got enough to worry about. We got bills to pay, we got things to do, you got dinner to make, you got dishes to do, you need the house to be clean. Like that's today's problems, okay? You need underwear for tomorrow, and that has to be done today. So let's worry about today. Let's not stress about tomorrow because today is enough. And see, and that's so often how we overload ourselves, is we don't just take today's problems. The truth is, is that if most of us just lived in the present and worried about today, we would be okay. But we don't just worry about today, Right? We're worried about Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. And we're thinking about Friday night and then Saturday and then the next Sunday and two Sundays from now. We could be fine. We would be balanced if we just worried about today. But we don't do that. We take on a whole amount of time. We take on the future. We take tomorrow's problems. We take the week's problems. And we shove them into today. And we wonder why we're emotionally overloaded. I mean, come on. He says, don't do that to yourself. Each day has its own troubles. So, worry not. Now, here's the thing. I'm going to get my serious stool. This is my, new, this is my new tool, okay? When I put this down, this is how you know I'm getting serious, all right? So here we go. Serious talk. I preach a lot of sermons, right? I preached a lot of sermons in my time in ministry. And a lot of times I will rework a sermon or re-preach a sermon. And the reason why is because you people don't listen to me, okay? <laughs> and as many, as many times as I preach about something, it feels as if many of you go, that was great, but I'm not going to do that. Really? <laughs> and so we have to have this conversation again. Um, so here's the thing. I'm going I'm to head you off, okay? And we're going to have real talk. Why would you not do what I just told you to do? Why would you not worry not? Why would you not trust in God and believe that he is already in the future working for your good? And why would you not believe that you don't need to worry about tomorrow? You just need to worry about today. And your answer to that question, I already know, it would be this. You would say, it's absurd, I'm not sure it will work, and I'm not sure God will come through. Fair enough. See, I know you like the back of my hand. Okay? All right. So that's your answer. So let's talk about that. All right? So you think that's absurd. You're not sure it will work. You've heard these kind of sermons before. It didn't work before. And you're also not so sure about God because either you're not a Christian or you've been a Christian for like 60 years and you're just still not over this hump. I got it. Okay. So let's think of the alternative. Okay? So the alternative... To trusting in God is to trust in worry. Those are your two options. So let's think about that for a minute. Let's say I came up here and I'm coming to preach my sermon, you know, and you guys were like, it's Pastor Mark, here he is, you know, and I'm like, I'm here to preach to you, okay? And so I was like, hey guys, here's today's message, all right? Here's what I want you to do. Put your faith in worry, Yeah, and everybody was like, amen, right? And I said things like this, trust in worry. Or I said things like this, lean not in your own understanding, but worry will direct your path. Or let's say I said this, hey guys, worry will make your life better and will make you better at life. Or what if I said this, seek first worry. Do you know what your answer to that would be? You would say this, that's absurd, I know that won't work, and I know worry won't come through. Right? Okay then. So, if you know worry has never gotten you any further in life, and if you know it's absurd to put your trust in worry, and you know worry has never come through for you, then what do you want to do? Because here's the thing. When you worry, you are trusting in worry more than you are trusting in God. When you worry, you are putting your faith in worry. And you're saying, here's my problem and I have two things to do. I can either believe that God is already there working things for my good and that He has me and that my life is more valuable than whatever happens tomorrow, or I can trust and worry. I can seek worry first because worry is what I need to do right now. Because worry will make me better at life and make my life better. It's your decision, guys. I'm just the messenger. And here's the thing. The disciples they struggled with this too. So you're not alone. The disciples struggled this up to the point where Jesus died. And then they worried some more. But what was so interesting about what Jesus told them, and John was there, and John wrote it down for us later in his life. When Jesus was about to be killed and everything was about to happen, he sat them down one last time, and he had a supper with them. And he said this to them. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God. Believe also in me. He said to them, guys, believe in me. Do not be worried. Do not be troubled. Instead, as an alternative, believe in me. And then shortly after that, he told them, he said, peace I leave with you. And my peace I give you. Now, they never really understood what that meant. And then all of a sudden stuff hit the fan and Jesus died and man, they didn't have any peace at all. But Jesus was trying to help them understand, I do not give peace as the world gives peace. What Jesus was trying to tell them was this. He's trying to tell them, I'm giving you a different kind of peace. I'm giving you a peace where you can be all good even when things are all bad. Not because the external things are fixed or okay but because you can be okay inside your heart. Because you can have peace in your mind. Because you know that your life is more than the sum of what you're worried about. Because you know that past this life, I have you in my hands. That eternity is mine. And if I can bring my son back to life when I so please, then I can do anything in your life as well. So believe that and take peace in that. And know that in your heart. Trust not and worry, but instead, trust in me. And he told them, he said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Don't, let, don't do that to yourself. Don't let that happen. So, real quick, I want to give you three practical applications. Three things I want you to do this week, Okay. The, f- the first one is this. The first thing is begin your day declaring trust. If you're going to get ahead of worry, you've got to start in the morning. So, in the very morning, if you can get ahead of worry, you can stay ahead of worry. So, you need to begin your day on your knees or praying to God, or being with God, listening to worship music in the car on the way to work, re-listening to this message on our podcast, or, you know what, reading this scripture from Matthew out loud and saying to yourself, okay, come on, Tammy, you know, look at the birds of the sky. you know, Come on, you now look at this. All right, now come on, now can't you trust God? I mean, whatever it is you need to do, you need to do it in the morning. And the thing is, is about prayer is this. Is that worry makes things bigger, prayer makes things smaller. Amen? Worry makes things bigger, prayer makes things smaller. If you've got time to worry, then you've got time to pray. And what you need to do is that you just need to spend some time praying about it. You've got to get ahead of it before it gets ahead of you. And the second thing is this. I want you to relabel your worry tomorrow. Some of you who are married or have a friend here today, you need, to be, you need to get an accountability partner. Or you need to talk to your small group and you need to tell them, you need to help me with this. I got a problem. And so whenever I worry, I need you to grab me by the shirt and go, that's tomorrow. Don't worry about tomorrow. All right? Some of you need that. I need that. That's why God gave me Kate. All right? Kate will do that for me. She goes, well, that's tomorrow and I'm here today. Well, that's why she says it, alright? That's what she says to me. That's tomorrow, and I'm here today. All right. And I'm like, yes, ma'am. All right. You need to relabel tomorrow's problems tomorrow. It's there. It's tomorrow. And God's already there. And the third thing is this: I want you to participate in what God is doing today. Don't miss what God is doing today. Don't miss the opportunity that he has in front of you. So, worry not. I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And we've purposely saved an amount of time at the end of service today to worship a little longer than we normally do. And the song that we're going to sing is one of my absolute favorites. Man, I remember when we planted the church and we were meeting in Bonfield's Auditorium and we were mobile and I didn't even have an office, and this, uh, this song came out, and I called our worship leader at the time over, and I said, I need you to just, I need you to come to my house right now, I need you to listen to this with me. And we sat on the couch, and I put this on my stereo system, and we just sat there and listened to it with our eyes closed, and I just began to weep, because it was so much what I needed at that time. And the words that get me every single time is far be it for me to not believe even when my eyes can't see. And this mountain that comes, that's in front of me will be thrown into the midst of the sea. Though it, through it all, my eyes are on you and through it all, it is well. For some of you this morning, in the midst of your worry, what you need to hear from God is a gentle whisper. I know. He knows. He knows what you're going through. He knows what you've felt. He knows what you're worried about. And he's working on it. And he knows what you need. You may not get what you want, but know that your Father God is going to give you exactly what you need. And this morning, trust in Him. Put your faith in Him. Worry hasn't worked for you. So would you be willing to try something else? Something that really does love you? Something that really does care for you today? So I'm going to ask you to stand, and we're going to worship together. And then I'm going to come back at the end, and I'm going to pray after the second song. But this is your time through worship to call out to God, to trust in God, to put your full faith in your Father in heaven. this morning would you help me to worry not would you help me to put my trust in you God it is well with my soul not because I know what's going to happen not because I know it's going to be okay but because of the peace that you give me because I know that the mountain in front of me will be thrown into the depths of the sea. And all it requires for me is a mustard seed size of faith. So God, this morning, I put my faith in you. I put my trust in you. I love you with all my heart. In your name I pray, amen. if you would like to support Anchored Hope, you can make a donation at anchoredhope.church forward slash To connect with someone from Anchored Hope, please go to anchoredhope.church forward slash hi. Thank you for listening and God bless.